a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. This is the Bud's Creek wrap-up. It was on the verge of not happening. We weren't going to do it. Weege was busy, JT was busy, I was free, then I was busy, then Weege was busy, and then the eclipse happened, and then everybody got busy, and, and but we're doing it, we're here, we're at the 100th Meridian, and we're doing the podcast, thank you for listening, appreciate it, lots to talk about when it comes to Bud's Creek, uh, but first up, the Fly Racewear guys, uh, great guys, and great company, Weston Pike looking sharp in his uh, uh, gear this weekend, the kinetic stuff, and uh, thanks for listening, uh, people, and thanks for supporting them. For 2018, Fly Racing's created the lightest, most comfy, most durable gear yet. Gear that lasts and gear that performs ride after ride, race after race. Prepare, perform, and progress with Fly Racing, and that's really the motto of my life. Prepare, perform, and progress. It's my life motto. And uh, thanks to uh, Fly Racing for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Let's talk some Bud's Creek. But first up, the A-Star guys, uh, they got the boots. You know that. Tech 10s, Tech 8s, Tech 7s, you love that. But they also have a whole line of Alpine Star Protects products made with the same quality and same passion that the boots are made with and the same fitment and the uh, same all of that. So BNS Tech Carbon Neck Support uh, System, the A1 Roost Guard, and uh, the Fluid Tech Carbon Knee Brace. A lot of riders wear the A-Star stuff underneath their other sponsored companies because you, they just know the Alpine Star's brand is great. And the product protects Alpine Star Protects and FlyRacing.com on board with us. Uh, Michelin and Starcross too commercials as well. So thanks to those guys for uh, for stepping up. Also, uh, all right, let's talk some Bud's Creek. Uh, first up with me, he is the voice of American Motocross and the voice of Flat Track, which created a problem for doing the podcast yesterday. He's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah, what's happening? Uh, yeah, there was a Flat Track yesterday. Um, great racing, great shows. They even pay me for it, and uh, watch Thursday nights on NBCSN. Everyone, are you getting into it? Are you getting into these guys and the racing and everything? Like, what's the one thing Flat Track has going for it? Uh, we'll have the debate over you know what type of track makes for good racing. We've had it a thousand times on this show. We'll have it a thousand more. But the tracks are so simple when you have a flat dirt track that the racing more often than not is awesome. That's that's what it's got going for it. So yeah. if you're just looking for good racing, um, you know, meaning Close races, close finishes, uh, I've got that. So definitely into it from that perspective. I, I'm surprised how many people at the races are catching it. I don't know if their DVR is doing it or what, but uh, I hear more people say, hey, I saw you doing that, than I hear, um, hey, ATV motocross. I don't know. Wow. Surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I talked to, to our buddy RV about this because he wants to do this. There's like yeah. a Harley class with homemade frames and Harley motors, and then there's the dirt bike chassis class. Do you cover both of those in your races or 
Yeah, what they basically do is um, they streamline it. Instead of having 450s and 250s, as we're used to in our sport, they basically have twins and singles. So the singles are 450 single-cylinder bikes. Sound familiar? So they're basically converted motocross bikes. So, yeah, if you're a motocross guy, uh, that would be the easier one. But I respect RV very much. I do not think this is the type of skill you're just going to learn and be competitive professional level. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, Is he trying to do that? By hopping in there. Yeah. I don't know if he's trying to do that. I'm not sure, but oh. he wants well, to do something. Well, in that case, it doesn't matter what yeah. classes are here at this level. Then. No, no, no. I'm, sure I'm just trying to get a basic yeah. understanding. So, um, do Yeah, there's B-Twins. is yeah. like considered, you know, that'd be our 450 class, the top class. And then there's rising stars on the single uh, oh, 450s. Okay. So the yep. Kenny Rocks and uh, Eli Tomax are all in V-Twin, the stars. Yes, but what that was only uh, this year that they – got smart and said, because it used to be you could run whenever, and some tracks were better than others for different bikes. So it was all confusing. Like a dude would literally race like a Cowie 450 at one race, and then like a Harley 750 at another race. And they're like, the riders should race the same bikes every weekend. The the fans can't identify if they keep changing brands every weekend. Okay. So this is the first year ever they said, this class is twins. If you're the top dude, you race a twin cylinder bike on every track. You cannot change. So that's only this year that they actually streamlined it like that. Also on the line from Fly Racing, two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, the Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Fly Racing, very involved in flat track, too. We have uh, several of the best guys, Brad Baker. Um, So anytime they're on the actual dirt bike style bikes, you'll see a lot of Fly Racing out there. There you go. Uh, ATV motocross, BMX, flat track, motocross, supercross. We want it all. JT, I really think that the... uh, the model for fly racing this year, prepare, perform, and progress, really kind of suits my life also. Oh, yeah? Is that, that, what, you're, that what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it both. It fits us well. fits fly well. fits me well. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Right. Um, Weege, what do you hear about Bud's Creek, this one being the last one? What do we hear? Definitely a lot of rumors about that, but the only reason I will not stamp that is I feel like I've heard that about this track for several years now. Mm-hmm. The rumors, I think, are stronger than ever. But I have heard it before, and the race has come back. So And, okay, so where would they go if it did go away? I can't figure that out either. Yeah, I kind of know what plan B would be, but I definitely can't whoa, say it. Whoa, whoa, yeah. okay. What it would be. That's what I'm saying. Like, this sounds like, oh, I've heard all this stuff, but I feel like I've heard it all before. So... Yeah, I don't know if I can believe it. And by the way, I know that everybody on Saturday who's there, or you watch it on TV, you know the track at Bud's Creek is awesome. I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with that. Yep. I think it's just been tough uh, uh, sledding to put the event together. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that uh, Tim Cotter, I think, you know, probably spent three weeks at Loretta Lynn's and then went straight there and had to start fixing that place up, I think, Tuesday, last Tuesday. Yep. So, yeah. it's a what would that be? Um, 10 days, 11 days? Or <laughs> normally with these nationals, you know, they just roll in. It's not like Washougal. I mean, Washougal takes pride in their national, and they're going to make sure the track is looking tip-top and in great shape. That's what most of the tracks are like. You know, MX Sports Series just comes in, and they're like, is it ready? Heck yeah, it's ready. Been waiting all year. Yeah, yeah. Um, for whatever reason, Bud's Creek has not gone that smoothly year after year. Huh, interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice track. Uh, good viewing, good dirt, you know. A lot of it is, there's a lot of good things about Bud's Creek. I'd hate to lose it, but, I, you know, I get it. Yeah, whatever, that's what I'm saying. Know. By Saturday, the thing is awesome. I mean, anyone who would just be looking at it Saturday only would be like, this place is great. But 
for whatever reason, you know, I think people forget the series of the weird dance between the track owners and the series people. Yep. Because you always get the comparison to Supercross, but Supercross is they just come in and rent the building for the weekend, and then Feld runs it. You know, you don't have this dance between the owner of the facility and the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so for whatever reason, Bud's Creek seems to. Honestly, I'll just say this. I feel like since that donation's happened there, which is awesome, it just seems like poor Jonathan Beasley, the track owner. Every year we hear some story of, like, dude, he's still broke from that. Yeah. Well, That's a long time ago. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. Be interesting to uh, to see what happens. I hope it doesn't go away. But, again, I know nothing about behind the scenes and the work involved in it. But it's it's a, it's a good track. It's good viewing. Yeah. It's always hot as balls, which it was this weekend. But, um. All right, let's get into uh, Bud's Creek and all that happened. Um, I guess first up, how about Bogle? JT, Justin Bogle, 1-3 for the overall. Denver, we looked at Denver with one eye kind of closed because Anderson was at altitude. Marv crashed. Tomac crashed. Baggett crashed. Or did Tomac not crash? I don't know, but Baggett and, and Marv crashed. Um, so we looked at it. He rode great. He rode incredible. You don't luck into a moto win, but we looked at it with one eye closed, maybe. Uh, well, uh, here it is again. Uh, Bud's Creek, he took off and won the first moto. And uh, second moto, he jumped into the lead, looked good, and uh, took the overall, man. And props for Bogle, JT, for moving down to RCs and realizing none of this was working. We each talked about it in Supercross. I felt like we each, we did one show where Wygant really uh, encapsulated sort of Bogle's you know, what the hell is going on with him type deal. And uh, and he did that, and uh, he killed it. So um, good job for Bogle. Yeah, he rode really well. <clears throat> you know, I think uh, he did well, and I think he liked that track for a lot of the same reasons that I did, um, riding at Ricky's now. And even Oklahoma would be really similar. You know, I think the dirt crosses over really well for him. It's just that comfort level helps a ton. And on top of that, you know, the the way with the mud uh, in the morning and just the heavy rains we got Thursday and Friday, it made the track a bit one-lined. And th- there were places to pass, but it, it was difficult, more difficult than, than some other tracks would be. Um, and he's such a great starter that he put himself into great position. So with Marv and the second moto back there battling with Webb and these guys and Eli struggles in the first moto, you know, he put himself in a place to succeed and then he rode really well on a – on dirt that I'm sure he felt comfortable on on top of it. So um, he did everything right. I mean, when, when situations are there to capitalize on, you have to you have to do it. He certainly did that on Saturday. Barsha's out, but if Barsha was back in, between Bogle, Bichelia, Barsha, and Pike, would it just be all yellow in the first turn? Was that it? Would it just be all Suzuki's? It's you would have like to. That. You would have to think so. Well, I mean, it, yeah. the crazy thing, the crazy thing, and sorry to jump on you, Weege, there, the crazy thing is that Suzuki in stock trim is, is one of the slowest bikes, mm-hmm. you know, and they're they're nailing every single start right now. So kudos to whoever is doing the development over yeah. there because let's flash back to uh, two years ago and remember Roxon's struggles. He was basically starting in the, you know, mid-pack every single time and complaining about his engine, and, and all kinds of things were going on over there. And you jumped to basically the same product two years later, and now they're whole-shotting every single moto. <laughs> what did you say, Weege? I think there were a couple races, uh, Muddy Creek comes to mind, where there were all four yep. Suzuki's yeah. up front. And I don't even remember, I don't know, Bichelia, unless I missed him, I don't remember him being like unbelievable starter 
No, he's but, he's, oh, been, yeah, he's been a good starter. Always. He's always been good. Yeah, yep. yeah. Geico two fifty. He was always a good starter too. Yeah, I remember all those LCQs he had, and he would always pull it. Always pull the start, even on the far outside. He, he's been you a know? great starter forever. Yeah. Yeah, Weege. Um. All right, it didn't didn't stick out in my memory bank so, for being a crazy starter. But what has he gotten? Four out of five hole shots or something? I don't know. Right? Yeah, I think it's four out of the last five. Uh, he's four. got, uh, yeah, he's got some some serious uh, mojo going on with hole shots. Eli Tomac does not have a hole shot all year. We're still waiting. He's got two mortals left to pull this off. Um, first moto, uh, we Eli just looked. Well, actually, let's go this. So, as Bogle is leading the second moto, the agent is texting J Bone, looking good. Let's get this deal done. Let's make it happen. What do you think? The kid wants it. All this, you know, all this typical agent client stuff, which is great. I'm got no problem with that. It's fine. But I mean, for reals, like, let's just make this happen, right? Uh, we each let's put Bogle on JGR for next year. I mean, it's it's seems like a great fit for everybody. Well, I think so. Now I, I don't know if he could have said that before um, Budge Creek, because although Barsha has struggled, uh, no doubt about it, in his time at JGR, uh, Barsha still represented a you know quote unquote big name guy which every team strives to have, especially more so than ever, I'd say, now that they're supposed to be Suzuki's team, you know, Suzuki's top factory team. So I think that was the, the, the one question he might have, like, are we going with, I mean, the Bogle that you had the first uh, seven months of the year, uh, I don't know if any would be like, woo, JGR Suzuki's coming on strong, they're bringing Bogle. Yeah. But I think with this win now locked up and kind of almost takes that Moto win from earlier in the year and, like, makes it look more legit, mm-hmm. uh, I think you could say that now. But I don't know if that, you'd say that before, uh, Bud's Creek. I, I, okay. The Barsha situation is, is hard because if you look at him on paper, the results are not good. But he still carries clout, so it still makes it appear like you're a team that is in the mix. So I think it took this win for Bogle to, to maybe overcome that hurdle of, of not being considered one of those guys. But he probably should be now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um... Dude, second moto, I mean – It'd be one thing to say he won the first moto and Marvin tracked him down and he was just way ahead of those guys. Yeah. But a lot of the second moto, he was close to Baggett and Tomac. They didn't just yard him no. in 10 minutes. No. I mean, a lot of it, I'm like, he's still there. He's still matching their pace yeah. nearly. Yeah. No, and, and who would have thought? I mean, I guess, look, the 450 motocross class, I'll start with you, JT. The 450 motocross class isn't the strongest we've ever seen. There, there are definitely some dudes missing and injured guys and things like that. So, so you know, having said that, but I would have put Bogle's – if you were going to tell me what, where would Bogle win his first, four, first 450 race, I would have said Supercross all day long before motocross. So props to him. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I think so. And, and even not just him, but I think your chances of a 20-lap Supercross race one time are exponentially better than a 35-minute race twice where it's the best overall score. You know, It's just so much more racing to shake out – uh, the best guy of the day, you know. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with you. I wouldn't have picked Bogle to win even a moto this summer or a Supercross main event. So, you know, yeah. good for him for kind of defying the odds. And uh, at a time where he really, really needs to stand out, he's doing just that. Um, talking about Barsha a little bit. Now, the word on the street is Red Bull kind of didn't want Justin to go to KTM, and Roger and Ian wanted them to sign Barsha to KTM for next year to be Marv's teammate. Tickle got the ride, as we all know. Um, a little surprised at that, JT, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you and I and we all know how political this game is. Right. And it, it only takes one person with one jaded view, whether it's justified or not. Who knows? You know, there's lots of people don't like other people for silly reasons, and, and there are justified reasons. So um, we know we know the players that are all trying to get that KTM help, and some people like some people and other people don't like others, and there may not even be logic to it. It's just maybe they pissed them off a few years ago or maybe they don't like an attitude they had at some point in their career, and that's, you know, that's steering people in different directions. So there's a lot to those comments I just made, which we all kind of know, and it's not really our place to air that stuff, but it's it's crazy to me sometimes the, the reasons that get thrown around for deals to get done or not get done. Yeah, but I, I'm in favor of this. And, look, Barsha doesn't like me. I'm not a fan of him, but uh, whatever. But I call it like it is in my mind anyways. If he rides great, he rides great. And if he doesn't, he doesn't and, and whatever. But, I mean, Tickle has results. Tickle has real results the last couple of years. But he is Brock Tickle. I mean, he could walk down a shopping mall tomorrow and probably nobody would stop him. Um, he doesn't, you know, he's not outgoing. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy to talk to, but he's not outgoing. He doesn't have Barcher's fan base. He doesn't ride that flashy and all of that. And nine times out of ten, Wygant, in this sport, the flashy guy without the results will get a ride over, over a guy like Tickle. And it didn't happen this time. So maybe there's hope in, in the world for this because Tickle's got some serious results uh, compared to Justin the last year or two. Yeah, and it actually ties back into what I was saying about Bogle. Um, people can remember a time where Barsha was considered right there with everybody else. He was right there with Roxanne or Dungey or Villapoto, right in the contender list, the guy that could win any weekend. They still remember that. Now, it hasn't happened for a couple of years, but he earned that label by winning a few 450 races and winning some 250 titles. He earned that, that label, uh, which is something that you know Tickle hasn't done, and Bogle hasn't won 450 races up until now, like Barsha has. Mm-hmm. So it just gives your team the look of an elite team. We have our elite guy. We have our horse to bet on. Yeah. So I think it's taken years yeah. of Barsha not getting those results anymore. And, yeah, someone in the company saying, yeah, but look at this. Look on paper. Yeah, look, Vogel, look, I mean, uh, Tickles outperformed him over and over and over and over for it to finally happen. And maybe that's where Vogel's finally just gotten to also. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been a guy that's been vocal about, like, this guy's actually good. Look at his results. You know, Amart or Phil or any of these dudes. You know what I mean? Like, like actual real results on the track. And, and, yeah, but hold on. You know. I'll, 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 I will defend the other side. If, if you go to Anaheim 1, let's, let's just get in the time machine and pretend we're headed to Anaheim 1. If you were to walk to the pits at that race, and Barsha's on what is essentially Dungy's old championship bike, mm-hmm. and you quiz fans there and you say, man, what do you think about Barsha on a KTM? I, half of them or 40% are probably going to say, man, I don't know. We always know Barsha had the potential. Maybe this is what he needed. Maybe he can win races. Maybe he'll get it back. Is anyone going to say that about Tickle? Yeah, but that's that doesn't get you anything. Fans in the pits no, and their opinions. But I can understand yeah. why people. Yeah, what, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. Allure yeah. of that is. No, I do too. No, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm saying at the end of yeah. the night, there's Tickle on the podium, thanking his dog, and you know, killing it. So, anyways. Yeah. Um, we- I'm just, we just all know why teams sometimes right. get caught up in, in yeah. that in that same level of excitement that the fans. JT well. and his wild horses, you know. Man, yeah. I mean, there's really only one wild horse in this in this stable. <laughs> JT and his wild horses. You got to let them. You know, they're they're amazing. They're they're 
captain. No, nobody's willing to bite his trainer like Chad Reed is. No. Um, all right. Hey, so Tomac, first moto, maybe some vision issues, uh, no tear-offs. Uh, I looked at Vital MX's social, and no tear-offs early on in the race. We saw that at Unadilla. He told me he pulled all the tear-offs then. He doesn't seem to be a guy to want to throw his goggles out. Um, so maybe he needs to run some rollies because he's grabbing all his tear-offs off. I don't know if that was the problem. I didn't talk to the Cowie guys about it. I didn't talk to Eli. But he certainly was one different dude from one motor to the next. So um, what do you think, Weech? Something to the tear-offs maybe? Like, I don't know. He just crushed it in the second moto. So I can only. I feel like you can only give so many mulligans for tear-offs. And I know that is an actual, literal, physical thing that you can literally see the problem like you can't see but as we discussed a lot last week i feel like we all know what championships usually look like and they just don't look like the dominant guy having a couple of bad photos to the tear off problem i don't know why but it just doesn't seem like it happened i mean we just look at roxon last year yeah what how many times did he randomly get a seventh or a tenth because he ran out of tear off it just doesn't yeah Happen uh, usually for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Okay, I'll, I will. I will grant you that. What about my yeah. th- What about my theory that we're just maybe in the early nineties now? What about that theory? Uh, I, I feel like the second moto blows that theory out. Okay, yeah, all right. He was <laughs> either pressing or trying to ride defensive or trying to not take chances, and then finally, I mean, it just looked like he rode finally yeah. like he like Tomac normally rides in that second moto. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. I'm like, oh, right. there it is. Right. Now he's going as fast as he usually does, and once he did. Yep. That was the end of that. I mean, he won in the end pretty handily. Uh, what you, what's your theories, JT, on, on Eli? I don't know, man. I Every time I think I've got him figured out, he he completely flips the script. So, um, at first moto, very strange. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, it looked like the same guy that I saw at Unadilla. I was starting to draw some conclusions, and then the second moto, he comes out and drops the hammer and mm-hmm. wins. So, I... I there's no way to possibly understand what's going on. I, I don't know. I don't even know that John or, or Kathy w- could tell you what's going on. Okay. All right. Well, honesty is the best policy in some some cases. Um, hey, we even had Roxon in the booth, and at one point he said to us, I don't think on the show, but he said generally he's like, man, I can't figure that guy out. Yeah. And I think that, like, yeah. that just sums up Eli Tome. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, hey, who thought Marty was going to win Moto1? Ooh. I did. I did. I did. I was, I was I did. texting people. Marty's going to win this. Weed, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the way he's been riding lately, Bogle and Seeley were behind him. You know. Yep. I mean, he was checking out too. Dude, he had some fast laps early on. He was checking out. Yeah, yeah. Marty got to go. I got to go. You've watched his last few races, and yeah, especially just like you said with the scenario behind him. I mean, why would you not think that? But still held on for a third. You know, good ride. No, I know. I just, it was like I was saying with Bogle, when opportunities arise, Mm -hmm. you know, because with, you know, Marv and Eli are just fantastic. And when they're not at the front, you and you have a situation like you get a whole shot like that, that's your chance. You've got to jump on chances like that. And Bogle did, you know, Mm -hmm. and and nothing wrong with, I I know third's good and all, but for Marty, man, it was such a great opportunity to get a moto win. And yeah. Um, Bogle, Bogle took it. You know, Weed, you know how these people, uh, you know, you hear this on the news all the time. They, 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 they own a bow constrictor, and then it gets out and it squeezes them to death. Or they, they have a pet lion, and the pet lion's awesome, and it plays with them, and it, but eventually the lion or baboon or whatever rips their face off, right? You always hear that <laughs> in the news. Um, that's my theory with Marty in the second moto. Like, like, he went Marty. 
Like, he was doing so good, so fantastic. And the second moto, he's by himself. He didn't get a good start. He was charging up. He was around 10th, I think. He was by himself, and he just weeds it. Like the pet lion, like ripping your face off eventually. Marty went Marty in that second moto. He couldn't help it. Just like Washugo last year, flying off into the podium. Just like never-ending amount of Supercross races where he's leading and he watches the front end. Marty went Marty. Yeah, I agree, but I think you should also put dogs into that list. Well, I don't know about that. Dogs don't really... I mean, they're, they're, they're here to eat humans. That's why dogs are on the planet. I mean, so someday they're going to do it. So you shouldn't have dogs either. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think, JT? Just Marty couldn't help himself, right? He has to, go, he has to do what Marty does. Don't hold him back. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Crashing happens. I mean, honestly, look how long it's been since he's had a crash like that. So Yeah, but not even crashes happen for sure, but like it was a good one. Like breaking bombs, out of control, flipping into the fence, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, to me, that's not typically what Marty does. He has the dumb, stupid fall over where everything's going right and there's no reason to crash and he falls. I don't, I don't see him have the huge, spectacular get-offs all that often. No, he does. He, he does? does? Yes, he does. I, don't, uh, I mean, Phoenix, there are some. Phoenix wrong, over like, the berm. The Phoenix one, yes. Uh, I'm not saying it's never happened. Marshugel into the I podium. Don't, I don't know? think that's Marty being Marty. I, I, Marty's, Marty being Marty is just falling over when you're winning and it's the last lap. So... Talking about Marty because this, this wouldn't be a wrap-up podcast without, you know, <laughs> safe, safe spot. <laughs> safe, safe spot. Uh, what do you think? What do you make uh, JT of his move back to Pro Circuit on 250 class for next year? Was that for me? Yeah, on Marty. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't love it. I think he's made so much progress. Um, I, you know, I understand budgets and all that stuff. I would love to see him stay where he's at on the bike he's doing well on and be alongside Anderson and Dino and, and uh, Supercross on a 450. And then, you know, I don't know what they would do for outdoors, but find another way to do it, to have four outdoors on 450. I just think he's doing so well. He deserves that chance to either sink or swim on the 450. I hear you. Weege, what do you think? Uh, this is also Marty being Marty. Yeah. This is Marty being Marty. He'll be back on a 250 on a premier team. And we will go into Anaheim 1 with everyone saying, oh, what about that was? <laughs> maybe this is the year. Looking good. <laughs> yep, and he'll probably be fastest in practice, maybe even win a heat. Could this be the year? Uh-huh. I mean, he's back on – I mean, he's now going around the block with every team for a second and third time. It's amazing. <laughs> star racing probably next. Two years on first circuit, then probably back. Um, star racing. So he's taking Justin Hill's spot, who's going to it from what we hear – a two-year deal uh, for JGR, 250s in 18 and 450s in 19. And I don't know about this deal, JT. I'm not sold on this. What do you think? Yeah, it was uh, it was a surprise to me, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, JGR is getting a number one plate if, if Justin can stay healthy for West Coast. So that's, that's something right there. You know, uh, JGR has had their struggles to get to that level and say what you want, but they're going to have a number one plate. Most likely, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume he'll be healthy when they roll into to Anaheim. Uh, and then I don't know. I I just am so put off by Justin Hill's outdoor season this year. I just I don't love the lack of effort. So um, yeah, I, I you know I, if if Justin Hill wants to put in 
100% effort. He can do really well. He can win races next year, and he'll do really good on a 450. I just I was kind of blown away that he really didn't try this summer. I it was I haven't seen that happen very often from many many riders. Weege, what do you think about it? Yeah, I'm with JT, man. Um, I think he'll he's been hurt a lot, but he has had some good outdoor results before. So I didn't think it'd be like he can't do it. Like he can do it. Uh, and I also am a little perturbed when you have a guy that wants a 450 ride, like he wanted an upgrade. I mean, if he just wanted to go back for a circuit to defend his title, he honestly didn't need to do anything outdoors, I'm sure, to keep that deal. But if you're going around shopping a la Bogle and you're trying to leverage yourself into a deal, it just seems a little weird that you'd be like, and during this negotiation process, I'm just going to be getting 12th every weekend. And I know Supercross pays a lot of the bills, but – we're seeing right now, literally with Bogle, you can have a result one time at one race, and it will change your market value, even if it's an outdoor race and they're signing you for Supercross next year. So I'm a little surprised by all that. The other, other thing is, I mean, we'll see how far along the Suzuki 250 program is by next year. I mean, it, it, there wasn't one up until right around now, and that bike's pretty long in the tooth, and that's not getting redesigned until 19, by which time he'll be off it. So I'm just also wondering how good his equipment will be compared to what he had to win the title on yeah. this year. And, dude, I mean, if he didn't want to ride 250 outdoors this year, how enthused is he going to be about that a year later and on an old Suzuki as opposed well, to a Pro Circuit Kawasaki? The, the thing is, is the team has – our team's already announced four 250 riders for Supercross, two for outdoors. So if Hill doesn't look good or packs it in, they have another couple guys they can choose from. Um I, there's no way I signed Justin Hill to a 450 deal two years from now. Like, I'm sorry. There's just no way. Um, one year, let's see how you do it. Let's see how you do 250 outdoors. But, you know, they went all in. So, um, we'll see. I, I would I would have actually thought it made more sense to just put him on a 450 right now. But I guess it's just tantalizing to just have – you have that number one plate at your disposal. Yeah, I guess. So, I guess it's just hard to not use it. Um, oh, you have to use them if you got it. Where he wanted to go. Got to do it. Um, all right, Baggett, your guy Baggett, Weege. Uh, so last week they used Velcro on the grip and Velcro to keep Baggett's injured thumb on the grip. This week yeah. they had some sort of spray foam on the hand and grip. And then Tom Baggett was telling me after the, moto, after the race that he thinks an invention where you lock your hand under the throttle would work. <laughs> <laughs> he's like what do you think Mathis what do you think I'm like I think that's a terrible idea Tom um, but so this week look for Baggett maybe they're going to weld weld his hand onto the throttle you know uh, I don't know but I mean Baggett still rode well but yeah this injury um, you know it definitely hurt him but look for the look for the welded welded claw of Blake Baggett onto the motorcycle next week man it's a real bummer though we look back uh we're going to look back at that if he ends up not winning the title, which is looking very likely that he won't. I mean, I think we're going to look back at what was a relatively minor deal, minor crash at Redbud, and it's just like the series was getting so hot. It was yeah. so exciting at that point. Kind of a bummer deal that it didn't really get the chance to play out. I mean, we got to see that first moto at Redbud. I mean, Tomac and Baggett, the way they freaking brought it, and you know they wanted to beat each other so bad. It just yeah. sucks that we literally only saw that. In one moto. Um, yeah. And, and uh, did you watch the Red Bull Motocross Nations thing? Whatever that thing's called? Did you guys watch that? MX Nation? No, I, no, yes. I didn't see that one. Yeah, and Anderson. They were talking about Red Bull. Anderson was on it. And um, 
Anderson was like, I think you should have hit the brakes. <laughs> like when he came in on him at Red Bull, you know, or at uh, at uh, at Red Bud. Red Bud. I think he should have hit the brakes. <laughs> He's saying Red Bud, not yeah. Red Bull. Yeah, Red Bud. Yes. 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 Um, yeah, it's just it's a shame. Just because it was, and you know, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it was the universe that got Anderson, but he soon ran into the series. Also, I mean, man, it was really good at that moment. And then Marvin eventually was going to get back in it. This would have been a just yeah. maybe the best title fight ever, and it all got screwed up. But having said that, it looks really good for Tomac. Tomac has to go ten uh, ten if uh, if Baggett goes one one this weekend. So it looks really good for Tomac. But JT, I mean, honestly. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's true. Anything can happen, man. Yeah, I think it's especially, you know, well, and, and the weather's going to be good this this year, so the typical Indiana crapshoot on the weather probably won't happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look at, look at Eli's track record, you know, the East Rutherford thing, which we've beaten like a dead horse. Um, but even the, the crazy stuff, like the Glen Helen break deal, you know, that was completely unpredictable. No warning. There's no way they could, you know, have known that was coming or do anything about it. But he, you know, gets 19th in a moto. That's the kind of opening that Marvin needs. And the odds are against it. It's very unlikely that he DNFs a moto. But crazier things have happened. You know, he doesn't even have to DNF a moto. That's the funny thing. If if he goes out and goes 10-5, just like we were talking about last week, he goes 10-5 at Unadilla. That's 23 points. And, you know, that's not enough, but it certainly opens the door. Yeah, Weech, so get ready, Weech. Anything can happen. Well, we have an X-Factor, I believe, in the 450 class. Um, I think Jeffrey Hurlings is racing. I think that's happening. Yeah, Looks that way. sounds like it, right? Um, yeah, sounds that way. So, I mean, that's not, hey, inserting one guy is going to cost Tomac 28 points. Yeah. But it just leads to more general... I think line, storylines, anything can happen. If Hurlings is leading, which is very possible, he's an amazing rider. If Hurlings is leading and Marv is second, maybe Hurlings moves over, right? No? Uh, no? I don't I know. When you're down 31 that. points, do you play that stuff? Yeah, I think they have to assess that mid-race. If, if Eli's running third or fourth, I don't think anything happens at all. Okay. It's just not enough points. Yeah. I don't, I don't you know. Yeah. If, if Eli's last or Eli's having troubles or Eli's 14th or 15th, mm-hmm. I think that, that changes and, and Roger clotheslines hurlings off his bike if it comes down to it. Right. But okay. unless Eli's having some sort of big difficulty, I would say no. Right. I can't see KTM ever having a guy pull over. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that kind of thing. I honestly thought you were serious for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they would never do that. Um, no, no. I can't see, like, another brand pulling over either, you know, that's white. That would be weird. Um, okay, so uh, what else? Uh, Sealy fourth, bag, uh, Pike sixth, Roadwell, Cooper Webb had a quiet day. Uh, in seventh, uh, Dino flew off the track a little bit past where Marty did. Uh, so it was, a, it was a Husqvarna, a magnet over there. Uh, late in the first moto, Dino did that when he was like 11th. Um, what else uh, showed up? Uh, Jerry Robin let fantasy owners down again in 450 class. Um, Weege, what about Phil this weekend? Only What happened to Phil could only happen to Phil. That's it. Uh, oh, the jersey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he see, I see him on a, I see him on Saturday morning, and he says, "Hey, you're gonna 
hey, you're going to smell me as well as you can hear me uh-huh. on the track or something like that. Because he said he has one jersey that he's yeah. already worn on press day, and yeah. it's already muddy, and this is before the first practice. <laughs> he has one jersey for the entire race day. So Moose screwed up, made a mistake, sent him all the pants he needed for the for press day and the motos and the practice, but they sent him one jersey, JT, which is awesome. Because as <laughs> Phil was telling me, this could only happen to me. Out of all the riders, this would only happen to me. <laughs> Yep. So they pressure washed it, drew, put it over a fan every single time. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to Fro. Remember that happened to Fro at uh, Redbud in 90. No, I don't remember. Seven, something like that. He had one jersey for the whole weekend, Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> oh. oh. That's the awesome. The best part is we've always made the joke about Phil um, getting 1099 for his gear. Yeah. So we thought maybe this is a way to save on taxes. But uh, no, because they did make jerseys and ship them. Yeah. So yeah. He will still be billed for the jerseys he never. <laughs> he will be paying used. taxes on three other jerseys or whatever. That's that awesome. he never used. Yeah. And uh, then uh, he gave it to someone, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. A Pulp fan uh, found him and he gave it to him. They got this. He got. They got this one. One jersey. Uh, so awesome. they, they said JGR guys are out there pressure washing it after every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um. What else in 450s? Uh, Freddie Norton, bike broke. Chiz had a bike problem, dropped back in the in the first moto. Ben LeMay showed up, and uh, Chiz showed up and everything. So um, that was good to see. And uh, what else? Anything hey, else? Hey, Harrison back on his own old oh, bike. Oh, yeah. Are we in a time warp? Last year? <laughs> Heath Harrison was not gelling with that Yamaha. And he told the team, like, no hard feelings, the cycle trader team. He just said, no hard feelings, but this isn't working out. And so he was getting, you know, probably all his expenses paid and maybe a bit of a per-race deal to show up, um, you know, and a mechanic and, and everything. No worries as far as a, a privateer guy goes. And he just said, nope, got to go. Um, and left the team, got a help from a KTM dealership, same guys he helped that helped him before. Showed up in a KTM and said, uh, told me in the morning, if I don't do better, I'm going to look like an idiot. Um <laughs> And fifteen sixteen. To be fair, he got a little bit better results at Lakewood on the Yamaha. But um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, two consistent motos for Heath, and he's got two more motos to show that this was the right decision. But that's a big jump, JT, for a privateer. We just a big jump for a privateer, dude, to do that. It is, but I would say I, I would say he was better in general this weekend. It seemed better than than the previous. Um, but yeah, dude, to go from. Having some sort of a budget of yeah. any kind, I don't know, like even just paying somebody to be your mechanic and stuff. Yeah, definitely a risk. I wonder if he got T Bone back, his old guy. T Bone was his guy last year, and he wasn't paying him anything but like food. <laughs> um, I wonder if he got T Bone. Call T Bone. Get your get your riches, T Bone. We're back on the road. <laughs> um, road dogs. Road uh, dogging it. What do you think, JT? Big big move for Heath. I mean, took some balls to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, but you gotta, you gotta be able to assess when things aren't working too. Yeah. Um, you keep just bashing your head against the wall on a situation that's not working out well. You know, it's not like he's Cooper Webb and making a couple million bucks to ride a Yamaha, you know? And yeah. if, if he doesn't love the situation, well, I just got to ride this thing out and I'll get the 18 and things get better. You know, for, for Heath, he's riding for help, you know? Yeah. He, if he doesn't get any help next year because the results were really bad this year, what's the point? Yep. So I, I can completely understand it. Should Bichelier maybe be looking for a 450 ride for next year? Like, with okay, like he didn't do much on the Mad Suzuki team besides get mad. And 
he jumped to the Oshs 450 team and rode really well outdoors, starting at uh, Lakewood. And now he's been out all year and uh, came back the last couple of races for the uh, JGR team, and they gave him the, to the RCH guys, um, which is weird. But anyways, he's put in two good motos and two DNFs, but while running, you know, up front. This moto he put this race he put two motos together. Um, maybe JT, maybe Bichelius Future is just a 450 dude. I mean, look, the, the Mad Team, you know, it's not a factory team, so who knows how good the bike was? But it wasn't working out. Maybe Matt, maybe Matt should just be 450 dude. Yeah, I don't think he should. He should uh, make it that, you know, black and white. But I think he should just make sure he's on good equipment. Either way, yeah. 250 or 450. The bike is is so critical um, mm -hmm. for success. You know, the 250 maybe even more so. But look at him on the 450; he's hole shotting every single time. Uh, but he has factory equipment, so I think he can he he can succeed on either one. You know, I, I had my question marks about how the 450 would go, but he clearly can ride it very well too. Yeah. So um, I would just look for the best situation. It seems to be what everything hinges on these days. Weege, what do you think of uh, Kenny in the booth? How did how how did he do? How did he do? Uh, it was pretty good. It was tough, though, because that was a really weird first 450 moto. It was one of the odder ones of guys not moving forward and passing each other back and forth. I mean, I think Baggett and Marvin passed each other three times. Webb passed four guys. They all passed them back. It was a bizarre moto. Pike and, and Bichelia, I think, passed each other three or four times. Just, I think the way the track worked out, everyone couldn't figure out where to go. Mm -hmm. And if you made one mistake in the main line, there's nothing they could do. So I think that made it... Uh, it would have been cool to get him to weigh in on Tomac or Marvin or even talk about his own situation, but the race just wouldn't unfold. So uh, we didn't get too much out of him. But uh, like I said, I thought it was more telling of anything when he told me, like even before the race started, man, I can't figure Tomac out. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Kenny, he's into all of it, man. I, this is the craziest thing. I got a call at 6.44 a.m. from Davey Coons saying, hey, man, Ken Rossin's here. Do you guys want to maybe use him for TV? And I'm like, well, yeah, we've actually already got them booked to do three things for TV. So, a good idea. But I was like, freaking Roxon is at the track at 6.44 a.m. At the track. He didn't call Davey from the hotel. He's like, I'm at the track with Ken Roxon. Like, the dude is, he's into this stuff. And we know not all the guys are. Yeah, I don't know how it, I don't know how that works. Like, when you're injured like Kenny and you're gone for a long time, does, does the team just randomly pick Bud's Creek for you to show up at? You know, I guess it's closer to Florida, maybe. I don't know. Um. But I don't know. He's riding already, JT. He's riding. He could yeah, he looked he looked pretty. I mean, he's not you know ready to go yeah. race by any means. But I couldn't believe after having the metal out. What was a week ago? Mm -hmm. He had surgery on his on his arm. Uh, yeah. He was already motoring and jumping jumps and riding like fairly well on Monday. I was I was shocked by that. Um, yeah. And uh, any how was GL? Weege? How was GL this weekend? Expecting any more semis? Uh, no, I was actually shocked because uh, that's one of his main races where he's got some locals uh -huh. that he hangs out with. Yep. Maybe that actually helps. He stays at a guy's house like five minutes from the track, and I think maybe that guy's wife helps keep everyone. He <laughs> keeps everybody on the straight and narrow. Because, um, um, I mean, that track is a lot of pitfalls for him. There's a whole gang of these locals that they become his buddies, and they're looking to <laughs> lot of, take them under their wing. A lot, lot of pitfalls, a lot, lot of holes he could fall into and disappear. So. It could almost be a video game. Like, try to get Langston through the weekend. Try to get him to 6 o'clock Saturday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really without, right. Without succumbing to temptation. Um, all right, anything else in 4 for these boys? 
Speak now or forever hold your peace. Nope. All right. Uh, listen nope. to this commercial from the folks at uh, Race Tech. Pulpamex 2017 is the code to save at Race Tech and Michelin Starcross 5 guys, of course. Great tire uh, from them. And uh, listen to these commercials, and we'll be right back. Talk some 250s, and then at the end, I'm going to try to get a Jeffrey Hurling's prediction out of uh, these two jerkies. So uh, we'll be right back after this commercial. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right, if, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Race Tech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Race Tech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hey, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp and Mech Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. Now we're back! Fly Racing, RacerX Podcast. Uh, prepare, perform, and progress with Fly Racing. 
and Steve Mathis. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Alpine Star protects as well. And uh, please pick up the new issue of uh, Racer X magazine. I wrote a big story in there about Dylan Epstein and Matt Gerke and the riders up in Canada and uh, sort of trying, having, getting a second chance at a career. Weege, so that's in the new issue for me. What did you do? Uh, I did a story on the tracks after our Muddy Creek track was either good or bad. And uh, what came after that? High Point is either good or bad mm-hmm. after our discussion on this show. Oh, Colorado, I think that was the most controversy of all. Yeah. Uh, I did a story asking riders and John Ayers, who's kind of the guy they say that's in charge of the tracks and MX sports. So I talked to him too. And uh, what I basically found out is good luck making a good racetrack because no one can agree on anything. Um, the very, here are the two first people I talked to. Dean Wilson. Oh, yeah, those first three tracks, Hangtown, Glen Helen, mm-hmm. and uh, Colorado, they're maybe too gnarly. Maybe they were too tough. Yep. Like Baggett, uh, we haven't had any tough tracks yet, so what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, no, so, I mean, I mean, some of the yeah. issues that, that MX Sports was getting confronted with, and, and I'm part of the reason I was asking guys about tracks, so um, we were talking about them, it wasn't their fault. It was Reigns. It was Reigns before the race, you know? So um, not all on them either. Either That's another aspect of, of getting the tracks set out. So if you want to hear more, pick up the new issue of Racer X Magazine. All the stories that are not on the web, people. So um, Every person referenced the Colorado race as being too rutted and hence too one-lined. And they'd all say, like, I'm not, not joking. I think I had six riders say, like, and then you can see there, like, wasn't a lot of passing. And then I say, well, yeah, except there was actually more passing that day than any track all year, <laughs> actually. Except um, for that point, I get your point. Bigger star on the weekend, JT. Adam Cincerillo for finally uh, winning and getting an overall and a moto win, or Zach Osborne for clinching this title? Bigger day? Bigger, bigger star. Biggest star. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Osborne, but I think uh, oh, Adam con- was the feel-good story of the day. How convenient. I, how convenient. Well, the Zach thing was, it was, we all kind of knew it was coming, right? Uh, 64 point lead going in 63 whatever it was 61 maybe I don't know but either way we we had a strong feeling um, but that's a huge deal I mean a title is just such a massive deal but feel good was was Adam I think everybody there even if you don't like Adam I think everybody could yeah could be happy for Adam finally breaking through you know, we talked about his fitness, JT. You and I did. Um, probably we, you know, we talked about pulp shows and this recap and everything. And and you know, he dropped back at Washougal and he dropped back at Unadilla late in the first moto, and there was definite questions about that. And you know, there's questions about the nest and everything else that's going on, and if it's just fidget spinners all day or whatever. I'm kidding, but but uh, you know, it was hot and humid at Buds. You were there, and the kid killed it. So okay, so now the narrative is we're not we're back on not fitness not being a problem. It's so confusing. Yeah, I didn't know if it was really fitness. I thought it was more of like a concentration thing. He just seemed like he would kind of get to a point and not be thinking about what he's doing, almost kind of like Stu used to do, where you just have a stupid crash and fall over at a at a critical time. Um, I never really – he didn't look like he was just dead tired to me. You know, he just didn't yeah. seem like he had uh, had the whole package together. But, man, in, in his interviews, post-race interviews, he just said he was determined to not let that same thing happen again. So maybe he learned uh, from his struggles how to how to finish the deal. Yep. What do you think, Weege? Adam gets upstaged by Osborne once again. Yeah, I, I can't pick a race win over a championship as the biggest star of the day or whoever you want to define that. But it's definitely a huge, huge breakthrough. 
you know, I guess you could say that in some ways Osborne has already proven most of this year to be the the best guy in the class. So this was just more of that. Whereas Adam, this was like the first time he had done something either ever or in a long time, whichever way you want to look at it. So maybe in some ways it was a bigger breakthrough for Adam for Zach. You're just confirming what we already had seen all year. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we discussed it on this podcast. Maybe it was more your pulp show on the fitness thing. But I was wondering that, too. It really seemed like his first motos were better than his second motos and late second motos were bad. Um, you know, hey, you're sympathetic to the guy going from first to fourth overall on the last lap at Washougal. But – don't get passed, and that won't happen. You know, like yeah, you, you got he did get passed. That's if you want to win the race, it's better to not have dudes pass you. So I was wondering all that, uh, but yeah, apparently that really wasn't the issue. Yeah. He actually came through in second moto. Um, so this is pretty big for him, and somehow he's going to end up third in points. I don't even know how the heck that happened. Right. <laughs> And he's going to get yeah. a top 10 overall now. He passed Anderson. He passed Plessinger. Uh, he passed uh, a couple other guys, I think. Um, yeah. So, J- Savachi. Savachi as well. So I don't see how there's any way Savachi races this weekend, right? I mean, you know, he's already had broken toes yeah. and then he hit his head, I think. So, yeah. You know? Um, I don't see the reward. a lot, I yeah. think, the reward because, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So I, This yeah. is big for AC, though, because I feel like, um, you know, I watched him race a lot as an amateur and I saw him win a lot. I was never like blown away maybe by it wasn't like stew level like oh my god this dude is just so much next level faster than anyone i i can't believe what i'm even seeing uh-huh i don't know if it was that but to me it was like he came to the races knowing he should win and he would figure out a way to win almost because it was just he had the confidence and the belief and if he didn't win oh my god was he mad and i think that all got stripped away these last four years um so if he can get back to that point where he's going to the gate every moto saying yeah i should win this we all know how important that is in this sport. So this win could be big for him. He re-upped for Pro Circuit for two years, JT. I almost wonder, like, stop growing. Stop getting bigger. He's already, you know, bigger. Uh, yeah, I don't know that he can control that, though. I'm just going to yeah. throw that out there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate right, it. Thank right, you. right. Thanks. <laughs> you people wonder why I didn't want to do a podcast. That's the reasons why. <laughs> now nah, he's definitely a big kid, but he whole shots every damn time. So what's the difference? Yeah, no, true. Um, and talking about uh, Osborne. What a story, man. I mean, we, we look, we've 2017 is the year of wacko. You know, we bring it up every single week on this podcast, Supercross, and that Vegas race, I will never forget that Vegas main event ever. Uh, it was incredible. Um, so, we, you know, we've definitely all blown Zacco, uh of on a podcast anyways. And um, so, I mean, let's do it. I mean, I, you know, so we can do some more here. But what a story, man. I just uh, – guy goes to Europe – He's forgotten and, and get comes back. And even when he comes back, though, Weech, his Geico results are, I mean, they were just, eh, you know, a couple podiums, some podiums and all that. But, uh, you know, we were kind of waiting and waiting. And he goes to Alden Baker and just works his balls off. And now look at him. Yeah, I don't even know what to make of it. You're right. Um, based, on, based on those few supercrosses he did on the Dixon Yamaha that year, I think everyone's like, man, wow, he comes back here full-time on this team, look out. And it was never quite that level. It was not bad. And even last year, uh, he was in the hunt in general. But yeah, I don't even yeah. know. It wasn't quite well, – it was more – Yeah, he like won a, a race. Was in he, the mix. Yeah, he, he won a race. It wasn't anything, you know, super gnarly or nothing, but he won a yeah, national. Yeah, on the same yeah. bike, same yeah. team. It, it's, it is quite remarkable. Um, I mean, if anyone wants to go back and listen to our 250 East preseason pod – 
uh, I think JT and I were both saying, look, Savachi raced Osborne a lot last year, and he was pretty much better than Osborne every time they raced. So Savachi's the favorite. Somehow, uh, Osborne pretty much flipped it. I think I, I took. Know. I think I took Osborne though. You always take Osborne, bro. <laughs> always. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I. I, I think yeah. the story is great. Like, okay, let's let's flip this a little bit. Like. And this, I should have maybe put this on our group text before we started this, so I'm putting you both on the spot because I don't have an answer right now. So I'll throw it to you guys and look smart. Um, give me another example, Weech, of a guy in the pits right now that could do what Osborne did. Like, what? what's another guy that can go to Baker's and turn it around and, and you know, is there somebody? Yeah, great job putting me on the spot with that one. Um because there's, yeah, like, I can see. you know, there's this is a this is a something where other racers. If I'm Jason Thomas back in the day, I'm like looking at Zach and like going, well, maybe okay, maybe not JT, but sorry JT, but I, I'm looking at Zach and going <laughs> like, like I could do that. You need to have the unique combination though of Zach already having shown world class talent when he was younger, so you know that that's in there somewhere. So you have to have that guy who's already been that good i got one for you um, i got one and, okay. and hansel will like this no what about what about no why Stop not it. why not <laughs> no you're gonna say kyle cunningham <laughs> oh no i mean he's a veteran he's been in the cl- he's got some speed i mean why not <laughs> okay <laughs> no, you guys are not Bet on yourself. Uh, Kyle, find a hundred grand or whatever it is, <laughs> loose change that you need for Alden's services. Get on a Husky or KTM team, even though the brands are not affiliated. For some reason, the riders uh-huh. ride together yep. and make it happen. JT? Hey, are we still talking about Cunningham, or you just want me to name somebody? Kyle Cunningham. Think about it. Let no. it soak in. No. I would say... You, if you want my who could jump in there, like starting like right now and work for the next six months and be better than they've ever been, I'm going to go with Chad Reed. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That's, thank you, Weege. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, Weege. Oh, that's as bad as I was. That's as bad as I, was <laughs> I think I was on Osborne's side before the season began. Oh. Why? Why are you so against that? Weege? I, I, it's not even the same. I can't even compare the two. It's not even the same class or anything. Like, what is that we're asking about? I thought it was more like a guy whose career was dead and buried and done, and he was out of a ride and then improved himself. Or are we just talking Osborne well, last? Kind of. I mean, Chad doesn't have a ride. Uh, if you read the internet, people would say his career is over. So I'm saying a guy that could do what Zacho did, go in and come out and surprise everyone because of change in program. I don't know. I don't. I, <laughs> I think just, anyone. We just not having this. <laughs> I thought we had a rule. This is a rule I live by. I'm not counting out Chad Reed until he says he's done. So right. I'm not counting I him can't. out. I'm saying who could see a huge improvement and take the next step. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but Chad would. Yeah, tell, but I guess if people are counting Reed out, and if they, if he does well next year, they're surprised. I think it's shame on them because they should expect him to do well. Whereas seven years ago, Zach Osborne was completely and totally okay and logical to be like, yeah, I don't think that dude's gonna. Reach the heights. 
don't think okay, well, I guess more my point is that, like, this year, Chad, he could be second or third, which he did, or he could be 15th, and you were like, eh, okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I'm saying he could yeah. be the guy that's back to maybe not winning everything, but in contention all the time. Uh, if he's on an orange bike, I think that would that would help things a lot. Um, but I think he, I think that's a guy that I was just more thinking of guys that that program could really turn things around for, he's like just, it did for Zach. He's going to tell Alden what he's doing is wrong. No, you have to be all in. Like you yeah. can't go into it and be stubborn, Chad. I mean, you got to you got to commit to it. That's the only way that program works. Kyle Cunningham would buy in. You got to let that go. I think it's perfect. <laughs> I think it's perfect. Um. I would go with uh, because I'm sticking with the you have to have been like a top amateur dude and shown talent, and then for some reason it just got all. Well, you haven't given us a name. You haven't given us a yeah, name. Yeah, so I would go with either. I would go with either of the current RCH guys. I feel like a guy like Bogle or Bichelia, who have been there before, who apparently had talent, and for some reason they just haven't quite gotten to where we expect them to go. I would say those guys would be capable of doing that uh, type of thing if they had okay. things go their way. What about? I think this could work for Tickle. We might see Tickle. He's training. He actually is. He actually is with Baker. Yeah. So. Oh. Um. All right. Uh. So. And also, by by the way, uh, Osborne should keep his spot on Team USA with Savachi's injury. So I strongly feel that way now. Yes, we told him we need him now. He needs to be our hero. He needs to come through. Savachi was a better choice yes. for a few weeks. Momentum. But now we desperately need him. Momentum over points. Momentum over points, boys. I never said this. Um, all right. Uh, McElrath couldn't make the podium. He rode phenomenal to uh, get a podium, and that's a good job. But he cut his hand on the champagne bottle and needed stitches. And now I hear he's out for Indiana, Weege. Well, yeah, he cut himself on the hand, and I heard so bad that uh, he had an artery, and they were, like, really concerned. Um, Damn. No, he couldn't make the press conference. Unfortunately, he made the podium. The podium was what led to his undoing. <laughs> Damn, dude. Gnarly for, for, for yeah. Shane. Gee whiz. Uh, good job by him. Uh, J-Mart uh, fell in Moto 1, right? Yeah, Moto 1, he fell. Um, Can you imagine? Hold on for a second. Okay. Could you imagine if that was Eli? Oh, my God, right? Oh. Like, I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. But could you imagine... And he now they've got to find a way for him to make Indiana. Like, oh my God! Yeah, holy smokes! Well, he couldn't get the bottle open. I heard so he tried to smash the, the top of the bottle off on the podium. So, oh, that's not the no, smartest not move. Good. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, that's, that's what I was trying to bottle me. Yeah, yeah. My dream yeah. is to bottle JT, but I, I want to do it with the, with the other end. Yeah. So he kind of yeah. This wasn't dumb luck. Like he somewhat brought it on himself by trying that. Right. Um. J-Mart, yeah, fell. Uh, otherwise, he was riding all right. Um, Chase Sexton hit the gate doing Mach 10 in the second moto. And then, I guess he was so embarrassed, he rode his balls off to get all the way to ninth from dead last. So, nice job, Chase Sexton. But, holy smokes. I was more surprised, though, JT, that more dudes didn't get caught up in that. Yeah. I, you know how that hard, goes man. when one guy goes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah some, sometimes it uh, sets off a chain reaction, and other times people are like, if it's too early, like, like <laughs> right. it was with this one, you're kind of like, what the hell are you doing? That's a lesson. And then you go when the gate drops. That's the 800. Drop the clutch. Just drop right. it. Just count to six and dump it. <laughs> uh, it's worked. When, 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 the, when it worked for the 800, though, it was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. Um so, yeah, Sexton uh, rode well on that second moto to do that. Uh, speaking of Cunningham, too, 
that's two good races in a row for Kyle Cunningham Weech. Yeah, uh, his best. Uh, yep. He was best last week, and then even better than that. Yep. This week, so maybe you're onto something. Uh, thank you, thank you, Dylan Wright. Thirteen, thirteen, Canadian hero. Did you talk about him much? Maybe he'd be the Osborne. <laughs> this is going to be the this is going to be the theme of the next six months. I could I could feel it now. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thirteen, thirteen, JT. That's good. Come on, give the kids some break. Give, give Way them. better than I thought. I mean, we talked about this right before the moto, and I was like, eh, top twenty, but and you're like, nope. I'm in. I was like, yeah. Right. No, I I looked in his eyes. Yeah, you should you you should get a lot of credit for that because I did not think thirteen thirteen was coming. I looked in his eyes like remember Osterman with the shark. You ever looked a shark in the eye? Right. And well, Dave said that was like looking at Chad's eyes, or I forget mm-hmm. now. Okay, yeah, same yeah. idea, <laughs> same idea. So um, yeah, good job for for Dylan Wright. Good to see he's going to be in Indiana this weekend too. So um, Justin Cooper, good second moto. Uh, not so bad. What else? Uh, yeah, I got eight there. I, I, that was the best race in a while for um, Colt Nichols. I think he went seven five. Yeah, yeah, he rode well. Remember um, that unbelievable start to the season where he was getting top fives in every moto. Yeah, um, he finally got back to that spot. Um, Ferrandis brought in DV <laughs> this weekend. Oh, DV! Uh, he's been working with him a little bit on his bike. DV shows up. Ferrandis breaks his wrist in the first moto. <laughs> She's a bad to laugh. So, uh, I didn't know about the DV thing. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's been helping him a little bit. Um, so no designations for Ferrandis either. JT, you got to be stoked. I got to be stoked. Yeah, America, red, red, and blue. I don't. I mean, I don't feel like Patcherell's a big step down. But he is a step down. I think. You think? I do. I think. And I can't. Ta- I can't take that MX two class seriously. I can't. I can't take it seriously in Europe. Nope. Can't. Can't do okay. it. Okay. Um, so bummer for Ferrandis, definitely. How stoked would he have been to, to to ride there and everything? So, um, anything else, boys? Two fifty class. Bradley Taft. What happened to Bradley Taft? What happened to Bradley Taft? I don't know. What happened? JT fly racing zone. Oh. He whatever always happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, oh. Anthony Rodriguez. Uh, can we talk about oh. that? Oh my God. A Rod, I JT sent me. A, it wasn't a very good. Was that the only video we have of it? The one you sent me, JT? Or is there another one? Well, we had it on the practice show, but uh, the TV show was a absolute complete disaster, technically. So I'm not sure. I don't even know if it's archived. I tried yeah, to find I saw, more. I, I saw a video mind. that uh, Kyle Bentley, RCH team manager, had. Okay. Um, yeah. It yeah. Was he f- just. He just gets loose and jumps off the track onto the grass banking on the right of the finish line, like way off the track. Holy smokes. A-Rod. Um, we, John we, we had it in slow-mo, and I think he tried to bail off, but he was kicked so awkwardly he couldn't get away from the bike. So then at the last second, he tries to stay on it, and he actually had his feet on the seat when he landed on rock-hard, grassy dirt. <laughs> Jeez. And his body buckled. I don't understand how he only broke his wrist. Like, Every joint from, like, ankles to shoulders buckled in an awkward fashion. No oh boy. Ah, poor A-Rod. Who told me, I talked to A-Rod before practice, and I said, so are you just doing your own thing? He's like, yeah, just pretty much spending my money. And I'm like, so you're paying for it. He's like, yeah, spending all of it. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, uh, 
Yeah, it was gnarly. Uh, yeah, we. I was working the Racer X Twitter, uh, and lots of complaints about the NBC uh, Gold app and the NBC Show and everything else. And I told everybody to uh, contact you for refunds. Okay. Well, um, at some point, someone I think it was our buddy Parabinos is like, I want one twelfth of my money back, and I'm like, well, it's just practice. So that's actually really only uh, one thirty-six, something like that. Because mm-hmm. every moto and yeah, yeah. every round, and it's just. And he's like, okay, then I want eighty-three cents back. I'm like, okay, good point. But then things actually did go down during the races, so we know much more than eighty-three cents now. Um, yeah, the satellite dish broke, right? Which was odd for everybody. Yeah, um, our crew. The entire crew is pretty much people who have just worked in TV. That's what they've done their whole careers. They all have. So if you totaled up the years of experience times, like the 40 people on that crew, I don't know, you end up with like 400 years of collective experience. If you have 40 people who've all worked 10 years or more, mm-hmm. and every one of them is like, I have never seen a satellite. Like, it came loose. Like, I don't know, it's on the roof of a truck. Yeah. And they raise it in the morning and it came loose. And then, you know how satellite dishes are. They have to be pinpoint accuracy. So once that's off, they got another satellite truck there, and then something happened again. But it's not Are you sure? it was easy, I'm sure, for people to think, just bring a backup dish. Yeah. But I guess for some reason this never happened. But it did. That's not good. And nobody checked that Langston was passed out on top of the dish? On top of the <laughs> Like, nobody nobody looked? He, there's Langston. He had actually used it as a, as a giant glass. Club chair. <laughs> yeah, Langston lounged in it like a beanbag. <laughs> he's he's spread out like the 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 the, the classic thinker, or not the thinker guy, but uh, what is that? The the relatively guy? I don't know that one. Big Lebowski? No, yeah. no, I forget. I forget the name of the the drawing. You know what I mean with the with the compass and everything else. He's spread out like that guy on the dish. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, like the anatomy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Biomechanic. Uh, yeah. all right. Uh, so okay, that's Bud's Creek recap. Uh, Hold on a second. I have a question. Were you guys just dead air on like? Network NBC? I'm actually not sure what they did. I mean, we were, we definitely were not broadcasting at one point, so I don't even know what they did in the meantime. I heard rumors that they played some of last week's Bud's Creek, but I don't know if that was during that moto or a previous part of the day. Mm-hmm. At one point, we were going to go to like the next show that was coming up live, I think was a golf uh, tournament, and I think we were just going to go to that early. So I literally don't know if you were watching at home. You tell me. What did you see? I don't know. Yeah, somebody tweet Weege. Yeah, um, I don't know what was on. Uh, and darts? It reminds me of that, uh, what's that Tom Hanks astronaut movie? Apollo 13. Is it Apollo 13? Uh, yes, Apollo yep. 13. Yeah. That really happened, yeah, by the way. It really happened. Day, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I did watch it because it really happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like they were saying the ratings had gotten, space travel had grown so unpopular that their news reports no longer were getting any ratings. So they had the cameras on, and they say, like, in the control room in Houston, like, yeah, don't tell them they're not on the air. It would make them feel bad. Just let them keep talking. They won't know the difference. <laughs> I felt like them. Um, they're not actually broadcasting, but just let them go. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, presented by Alpine Star Protects, everybody. Uh, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas on it on the show. Um, okay, so to wrap up, let's get some Jeffrey Hurling's predictions, please, for Indiana. I will go first. Four two. Four two on the day. Hmm. Fourth, huh? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe gonna, maybe we tip over, you know? Maybe we get a bad start. Go, I'm gonna go 
3-1. Why get? I'm going to split the difference and go 3-2. <laughs> all right, okay. So we all we're all in agreement that you know, he can I mean, look, look, look. He's got Marty and Sealy and these guys covered. No offense to those guys. Baggett's injured. I think Baggett can beat him straight up if, you know, if things worked out, but Baggett's hurt. And then you got Tomac who may just kind of ride around safely for the title and then you got Marv. So he is going to sniff the podium all the time, you know? Yep. So there's no doubt in my Oh, yeah. I think one thing, it's not us disrespecting, to, not to say 1-1, one, one, it's not us disrespecting his speed. It's just the format is so going to be so bizarre to him, basically riding, what, 20 yeah. minutes of practice total. Uh, and I'm sure that these tracks are prepped different than what he's used to in general. So I, just there's a lot of things to just go out at first shot that's going to make it a little more difficult. If it was just even up, same situation for everyone, I mean, if, I might even just say 1-1, one, one, screw if, it. But. If he goes 1-1, one, one, I'm smashing my computer because I can't, I can't <laughs> go on. I can't deal with these people. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, 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 if he goes 1-1, one, one, I'm, I'm off the grid. I'm probably on an island like Tom Hanks, speaking of Tom Hanks, in Castaway. I'm not. That's it for me. You know, I won't be able to handle it. So, uh, but he's. Yeah, there will be, there will be opportunities for redemption where there's no pressure in Florida the next weekend, though. Jeff Meyer will be sending JT notes and makes GIF. No, I don't think he'll be doing that. He, I actually saw that he had tried to contact me via Facebook Messenger, and I'd never, I'd never even accepted them, and that was like months and months and maybe even a year ago. He was probably so angry, <laughs> which makes me very happy. <laughs> right. I've never, I've never talked to the guy or met him or anything, but one time he sent me a Facebook message, and he said, I admire your work. You do a good job sounding unbiased, which is something I've always struggled with. <laughs> so at least he admits it. All at right. least he's aware. Right. Um, all right, and... Uh, so if anybody from MX Sports is listening to this, uh, please get Tom and Blake Baggett to sign an extra waiver for the uh, welded-on uh, throttle um, this weekend. So, you know, might want to get all the spectators, everybody covered, because Tom's going to weld Blake's hand onto the throttle. So that should make for an interesting time if things get if he gets a little cattywampus out there. All right. Uh, anything else, boys? That's it. MX Sport, uh, Fly Racing, and Alpine Star Protects. This is the uh, Bud's Creek Review. Weege, JT, thanks, boys. And JT, you will not be at um, uh, Indiana, but Weege, I will uh, I will see you there. All right. Thanks. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement.
statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did, everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I just pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the